What's up, Zach Oatsier, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, a customer experience and marketing platform that gets you more reviews, more feedback, and more revenue. Want to learn more? Visit OvationUp.com. Welcome, and today we've got Rev with us. Rev has spent the last 20 years in a, as a hospitality technology uh, marketing consultant and food influencer. He believes that pizza is a religion, and um, Rev, crazy, crazy times. And again, I'm coming at you from Ovation Headquarters number two, which is my wife's sewing room. So appreciate you being with us, Rev. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm uh, I'm in Yeah Management HQ. I've I've had this LLC since 2009, but it's not like a company, right? It's just a way for me to write off taxes. But this is essentially <laughs> Yeah Management LLC. So I got a Blink 182 poster. I got a Spider Man fidget spinner. You know, we're good. Nice. There we go, man. Well, hopefully, no one from the IRS watches this. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I do write off a lot, so we'll we'll see. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so Rev. Here we are. We're we're at the cusp in the very beginning of this coronavirus. What should people be, you know, restaurant owners, hospitality owners, what should they be thinking? What should they be feeling? What what do you think? Talk to us about your uh, experience. What should people be thinking and feeling? Just put the pressure of the entire industry on my back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, listen, I, in this, I can't get in, lots of people are asking me my opinion on this. I'm pretty steadfast on, I think that the, not just the business, but as a society, we are about to go through a pretty seismic transformation, right? Like we are not going to go back to the way things were. Like we're, we're not just going to return. There is a new normal. We have been, uh, we are not going to be reinserted to the matrix, so to speak. And I think the effect of that, there's going to be a lot of effects, but from a business level, I think two things are really going to happen. And I'll, I'll do some storytelling. The MTA uh, in New York City last week announced that they were going to en- do enhanced cleaning of the subway. And that meant that they were going to you know, clean the subway twice a day. And like people's minds were blown. They were like, wait a minute, you're only how often or inoffen were you cleaning it before, right? Now the expectation will be set that it has to be cleaned two times a day. And so that operational change for the MTA is going to be a seismic change in their operation. And the same thing I think is going to happen to dining and restaurants, right? You know, all these restaurants are putting out messages about enhanced cleaning and sanitation practices and yada, yada. That is going to set a new standard, I think, for cleanliness and safe environments. But moreover, the bigger shift that's coming, you know, I think the world in general has been moving towards, you know, cloud computing, work from home, software technology adoption, on-demand services, like all these sort of things that the internet has created. And that for sure, we were already moving in the direction of, you know, I think with all the, I don't think adoption was moving at the speed of creation, like technology for sure is outpacing adoption. And I think what's going to happen here is that adoption is going to be forced to speed up work from home on demand, cloud computing, like all these things that are enabling our society to basically still operate in the midst of basically a lockdown are going to show us the possibility of what those things can do. Um, and I think that's going to change our entire society. I know I'm a little long-winded here on the answer, but... No, no, that, this is great, Rev. Like, how is that going to affect restaurants? Well, 
if I was a restaurant operator right now, and I'm not because I'm actually a failed one from six years ago. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Some people pay for an MBA and I bought a bar. You know, I, I still, I learned just as much, you know, but not in a different way. I don't have something yes. on my wall other than a Blink-182 poster. Um, <laughs> if I was a restaurant operator right now and I was forced to either close or uh, change to a delivery and pick up only model, I would be thinking about what can I learn in this moment or what can I do right now that's going to affect my business positively moving forward, right? That's like mm. an immediate thing. Actually, sorry. I would start with what can I do right now? What can I learn yeah. from the, in the immediate? Like what, how did I adapt to something that I can actually continue to practice afterwards? Uh, before I go to my second point, I'll give you an example. A friend of mine is a, a CEO of 15 location restaurant. And they're different brands. So they have like some casual, some fine dining, whatever. And the fine dining ones, they just shut down. They're like, there's this, nobody's coming in to eat a steak. Like we're not going to do it. But with their fast, uh, with their casual brand, they're thinking about like, how do we keep delivery and pickup going? And I was like, well, why don't you just do like a value driven menu, right? Like if your normal entree is, you know, here in New York city, 25 bucks, is there a $12 version that you can create that feels easy to pick up or easy to deliver at a higher pace than which I would have come and sat in your dining room, right? Yeah. And so if you're that restaurant and you can figure out how to operationalize like a $12 menu or, you know, depending on where you are in the country, a $5 breakfast, like the type of thing that like feels easy, isn't too big a discount on what your price or your cost of goods are. And it's going to potentially increase the frequency from which I touch your brand in this moment that could turn into an operational efficiency moving forward, right? Restaurants yeah. are yeah, restaurants totally. are worried about um, you know third party delivery and ghost kitchens and all those things, and that for sure is a restaurant threat on a traditional model. But like you have a kitchen and a staff, maybe you just create your own version of that. You know, I don't know. These are the things I would be thinking about to go. Yeah, past and, and touching touching on that real quick, because at the end of the day, right, nothing's going to be the same. Nothing. Right. And we're going to find a new normal and it's not going to be crazy different from what we had, but it's going to evolve a lot of things like we're going to this forced evolution. And so the question is, what do you look like? What does your brand look like after all of this? And, and that is setting the you know, you're setting the stage for that right now. For example, I, I mentioned this on another podcast, but people who had a sit-down restaurant, they're now serving bagels and, and burgers outside the restaurant, you know, from like a little stand. I mean, you need to evolve to think about what does this mean for, for your menu and not be afraid to change things up, right? Because I feel like a lot of people get, get stuck in like, I can't change it. This is my menu, but you have to, and you have to at least consider it, right? Right. And I think, I mean, to your point, I think that restaurants are going to have to start to bend to the laws of technology. And by that, I mean, like, you know, there are tons of software companies that go and create a product that's interesting, but the ones that are the successful, are the ones that solve a need, right? Restaurants, traditionally, that model is built on a, almost an ego basis. I'm a great chef. I want to share this food. I want to create this environment. And it's like, well, does the neighborhood actually need your restaurant? Like, do people, like, do you have to create the need or is the need already there, right? Software right, right. In, in 2020, software gets created based on a need. Like, oh, the market needs this. I'm creating it and developing it. I think restaurants are going to have to start to think even more about does my market need this? Does my neighborhood need this? And, what you know, for a restaurant operator that was afraid of a ghost kitchen, like, that got created out of a need, Right. 
if you are a restaurant operator, you need to think about now, like, hmm, how does my restaurant serve the needs of my community? Like, yeah, okay, it's a fun place to eat and the food are good and blah, blah, blah. And those things matter to a certain extent, but they're not going to matter in the same way moving forward. The need for people to have something, whatever that is, is going to be what changes in the future. Love that, man. And and going along with that, you know, as, as we're looking at looking forward to this, what can people be expecting in terms of some of these new norms? I mean, with, with cleanliness, sanitation, I mean, is that going to be, yeah. do you think a restaurant owners and operators are going to have to bring on like another staff member just to clean or like, what do you think in the new normal is? I think the new normal, I'm going to go up a, a level if that's okay here. Um, I think the new normal is a readjustment of an old normal, which is restaurants are about the customer experience. And mm. you know, you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, it's about the food and it's all about the food and the food, the food, the food. And, you know, there's a reason I wear black because I do believe pizza is a religion and I like the food. But, you know, I can make a pizza in my kitchen or I can have it brought to me and eat it on my couch. Like I go to the restaurant for the experience. And so I think the entire experience has to change. The experience has to be customer oriented. And so if your business was only like kind of customer oriented first, now you're going to have to be really customer oriented. And if that requires um, a cleaner dining room or, you know, better technology to unlock a new new parts of the guest experience or menu modifications based on what people need. Well, like that to me is part of the customer experience. And if that requires like new staff members or even just a reconfiguration of your staff, well, that's how you survive, right? Like one day a fish crawled out of the water because it was hungry and then it grew legs, right? Like <laughs> restaurants have to be more, have to grow their customer legs. Yeah. And, and, what about communicating with customers? You know, we've, we've had some customers that have had a lot of success in actually communicating um, because they've been collecting customer information and what they purchase and who they are and phone numbers and emails. And so now when something like this hits, they have the tools and the, the data to do that. And people who don't, I feel like they're going to struggle because how do they let people know if they're open? How do they let people know that their menu's evolving? How do they let people know anything? And then when everything goes back, how do they get feedback to know, you know, to keep more uh, customer centric? Like, have you found people wanting to communicate more with their customers who didn't previously? Or do you find that people who are, are doing it, people who aren't, aren't doing it? For sure. On the other side of coronavirus, there will still be a few restaurant operators out there who hate Yelp, but yeah. they might not be long for the game, right? Sort of the Wheaton shaft will be separated forcibly there. But I do think that customer touch points and customer information is the name of the game, right? And for sure, if you're a small operation, you're a mom and pop shop or one or two locations, and you're like, oh, how do I manage a customer CRM and blah, 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 like, I don't know, but you better figure it out because that's where we're going, <laughs> right? And that's like... Yeah. um Every single person that orders delivery from their local Chinese place also uses Amazon. So as consumers, our expectations are matching the Amazon experience and the Uber experience. And That's interesting. The software experience. And so like when I purchase something, I want an email receipt within seconds. And I expect you to ask me for a review. And I'm kind of hoping you reply when I tag you on social media, right? Those yeah, because at the end of the day, that's, that's a great point, right? Because people, as a consumer... We don't care 
you know, if you've got a billion dollars behind you or not, right? It's all about the experience for us. And I think that that's a great point is that we really are comparing the local Chinese restaurant to Amazon. And granted, there is some leeway, right? I mean, like, I'm not going to expect like the full, maybe not Zappos or Nordstrom service, but that's what I'm comparing it to because that's where I just shopped half hour earlier before I ordered that Chinese food. I think that's a really interesting point, Rev. Yeah, I think the, I think we're about to see Cheers 2.0. Um, everybody will know your name and they need to email you using your name. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's no longer walking into the bar and having, you know, being greeted by Sam. You're going to be greeted by yeah. Sam in your inbox. And I don't care if you're selling me, you know, software, a car or French fries. Like, I think that customer touch points and customer information is the only way forward. And it doesn't need to be a completely robust system for sure. I mean, case in point, there's a number of software out there that are easy to use and easy to manage. And I guarantee for a restaurant operator that like turns up the dial, you know, 1% in using data, like they're going to be light years ahead of all the curmudgeons that think word of mouth still drives business. Yeah. So I'm guessing from that statement, you don't think that word of mouth still drives business. So what does? I mean... No, I do think word of mouth drives business. Word of mouth just happens online now, right? A Yelp review yeah. is, is word of mouth. An influencer is word of mouth. Um, Facebook advertising is word of mouth. There's more There's more word of mouth than there's ever been. However, now a restaurant can actually, or any business can actually stoke the fire and manage their word of mouth. And that to me is where we're headed. And if I was a restaurant operator in, in this moment that we're going through in, in this country and around the world, um, if I'm not so busy running a restaurant because nobody's eating in it, I'd be spending some time looking at what are the technologies or the changes that I can make on the top level of my business to embrace this change that consumers are looking for. Love that, Rev. Someone, someone's listening right now. They've got 10 locations. They're the, op- the head of operations. What do they do? Like, what, do you, what would you recommend or head of marketing? What, what would you say? Here's, here's kind of your game plan. Man, I wish we had a whiteboard. If I was if I was a, a set of restaurant executives, I would get out a huge whiteboard with a piece of paper and I'd make three columns. Would do I would do awareness, acquisition, and retention. I would write all the things that I'm doing in those three columns to drive each stage of that funnel. How am I getting people to know about my restaurant? How am I getting them to come in my restaurant? And how am I getting them to return to my restaurant? Okay restaurants spend a ton of time thinking about operations. Uh, How do I manage employees and inventory and how do I do payroll and all these other things. And man, that stuff's super important. And the reason I don't own a restaurant anymore, because I was super bad at those terrible, right? (laughs) Terrible, terrible, terrible. However, was really good at marketing. And I think that restaurants put marketing last, but if you don't have a butt in a seat, what is the point of managing inventory? What is the point of managing staff? And so if I was an executive right now, I would take those three columns, awareness, acquisition, and retention. And I would write down everything that our business is doing in those three uh, columns to drive revenue. And when I started to figure out what moved them through, I would reverse engineer it. So I would take the retention side of the column. I'd be like, how do I know that I get a customer to return? How do I, you know, is are you doing email? Do you have coupons? Is there... Um, Online, what online to offline promotions are you doing? Like I would do that. Do I need more CRM? Do I need more email? Do I need more? And then I would start to back that into acquisition. And it would start to back that into awareness. So ultimately, if I'm using, let's say, a loyalty program, some sort of CRM that says, 
uh, hey, Zach, thanks for coming in and buying tacos last week. Do you want a free taco next week? And you do it. Well, I need more Zach, right? So I'm going to reverse engineer how I get you to that point. So do my acquisition efforts then need to be about loyalty? Maybe not. Do they need to be about just getting you to give me your email address? Oh, that's a pretty good acquisition point. Cool. So if we see more Zach happening, then my awareness stage needs to be, how do I get Zach to think about giving me his email address, right? Not just, uh-huh. we have pizza. Great. Yeah. Everybody has pizza. Uh, and I would tell restaurant operators, um, I just, I'm going to sum that up in one sentence. I would think about how they gain awareness, acquire and retain customers in a why you, why now, why us marketing funnel fashion. Love that. Rev, dude, I sincerely appreciate you hopping on, sharing some of your insights here. Super fascinating. Uh, where can people learn more about you? Uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm here to help restaurateurs be better at uh, uh, gaining awareness, acquiring customers and retaining them. So the easiest way to find me is I have the same screen name on every single platform. It's Rev Ciancio, R-E-V-C-I-A-N-C-I-O. Most people are like, I can't remember how to spell that. Just Google expert burger taster and you'll find me. And if that still doesn't work, go look at my other Instagram account. It's got 300,000 followers and it's just pictures of French fries. It's fun with fries. You can find me any of those ways. Awesome. Rev, today's ovation goes to you, man. Uh, Thanks for keeping us informed, keeping us in the loop. And uh, everyone, look up Rev. Glad you're with us today and thank you. The risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed, you're the ones who truly deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And remember, be sure to give someone in your life an ovation today.